Al-Bayan Radio presents the following special presentation from Masjid Al-Azhar, Bilmo. Bismillah, walhamdulillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala Rabbi shrah li sadri wa yassir li amri wa ahlul uqdatan min lisani yafqahu qawli Welcome my brothers to this very special Friday night As always, it's beautiful to see these great beautiful faces week in, week out, walhamdulillah uh, before we begin, brothers, I'd like to just mention for those who've been mentioning or asking about the seerah, insha'Allah ta'ala, after obviously that break because of our conference in HIYC, uh, of course we've had that break, but insha'Allah ta'ala will be resuming every uh, second week, as you all know. Insha'Allah we'll try to get another two in before Ramadan, if everything goes well and Allah wills. Uh, but this Friday, of course, when we got such a, uh, a special guest in our Sheikh, Sheikh Jamil coming from Lebanon, uh, my lessons get put to the side Walhamdulillah uh, Insha'Allah ta'ala we can benefit from him And I strongly advise Try your best to uh, Develop if you don't already have a relationship With the senior mashayikh And insha'Allah ta'ala tomorrow for those who don't know They have a lesson uh, up in Wollongong With Sheikh Jamil And Sheikh Nasim And the brother Muhammad Hablas So whoever is able to attend Insha'Allah ta'ala definitely do that uh, Brothers today the topic Regarding a night with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala My brothers as we all know And we've said previously And I've said previously while sitting here When you love someone Or how can you possibly love someone without knowing them And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He told us about himself His names His attributes And likewise the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Told us about Allah His names And his attributes so if you know nothing about Allah Azza wa Jal names and attributes, then how can you possibly love Allah Azza wa Jal? Rather, this love that you claim would really in reality, uh, to be frank, be possibly lip service. Wallahu a'lam. So it's incumbent upon each and every one of us that we learn about Allah Azza wa Jal. And that way or the way to do that is, as I said, by learning about his names and attributes. And the best of knowledge is the ulama all have agreed on the statement of Shaykh al-Islam ibn Taymiyyah rahimahullah ta'ala Al-ilmu al-a'la huwa al-ilmu bil-a'la The greatest knowledge is the knowledge of the most great The greatest knowledge is the knowledge of the most great or the greatest So the greatest knowledge my brothers is the knowledge of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Today my topic, the name which I have chosen to speak about Is the name of Allah azza wa jal al-ghani Generally translated as the most rich or the all rich also, I've seen it translated as the self-sufficient and the likes. My brothers, it's no surprise to anybody sitting here today. Alhamdulillah, we're talking about Tawheed week in, week out. Every single speaker, every single individual, every single sheikh, alhamdulillah, of ASWJ, every single week, we are talking about the oneness of Allah Azza wa Jal. And it's no surprise why we were created. That Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ and in one qira'a illa liya'buduni And I did not create the jinn kind nor mankind except to worship me Ma uridu minhum min rizq I do not want any provisions from them Wa ma uridu an yut'imun And in one qira'a an yut'imuni And I do not want from them that they feed me Allah Azza wa Jal my brothers He is the one that feeds us he is not fed and he does not need to be fed. Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the one that guides us. 
Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the one that clothes us. Allah Azza wa Jal, He is the one that supports us. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Inna Allaha huwa razzaqu dhul quwwatil mateen. Indeed, Allah, He is the all provider. He is the all provider. The owner of power. The owner of power. My brothers, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says in the Hadith Qudsi, Ya ibadi, O oh my slaves, كُلُّكُمْ ضَالٌ إِلَّا مَنْ هَدَيْتُهُ فَاسْتَهْدُونِي أَهْدِكُمْ Each and every one of you is misguided. Each and every single one of us is misguided. Except the one that I guide, Allah says. So seek my guidance, ask for my guidance, and I will guide him. يَا عِبَادِي كُلُّكُمْ جَائِعٌ إِلَّا مَنْ أَطْعَمْتُهُ فَاسْتَطْعِمُونِي أُطْعِمْكُمْ Oh my slaves, every single one of you is hungry except the one that I feed. So ask me for this food and I will feed you. يَا عِبَادِي كُلُّكُمْ عَارٍ إِلَّا مَنْ كَسَوْتُهُ Oh my slaves, all of you, all of you are naked except the one that I clothe. فَاسْتَكْسُونِي أَكْسُكُمْ So seek clothing from me. Seek to be clothed and I will clothe you. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith, it mentions a bit later on my brothers. And I'll leave the next part for Sheikh Farhan regarding all of you sin by night and by day. And I forgive all of the sins, all of them. So seek my forgiveness and I will forgive them. After this by a little bit, look what Allah Azza wa Jal says, my brothers, and understand this hadith and understand that well. Ya ibadi, law anna awwalakum wa akhirakum wa insakum wa jinnakum. O my slaves, if the first of you and the last of you and the humankind and the jinn kind, if all of these people كانوا على أتقى قلب رجل واحد منكم If every single one of us had pretty much like the most pious heart as can be. Can you just imagine, for example, every single one of us was like Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Just imagine every single creation of Allah had the piety of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. But even if that was the case, ما زاد ذلك في ملك شيئا That would not increase Allah Azza wa Jal in His kingdom in the slightest. ولو أن أولكم وآخركم وإنسكم وجنكم كانوا على أفجر قلب رجل واحد منكم And if the first and the last and the human and the jinn kind, if every single person had a heart like the most wicked individual, the most wicked person, that would not decrease from my kingdom, my dominion whatsoever. And listen to this very well, this next part. And if the first and the last and the humankind and the jinn kind were to stand in a single plane, imagine a single open area, Picture it as a desert. Every single person, mankind, jinkind, the first, the last, to the day of resurrection, and all the way back to the time of Adam alayhi salam, and before that from the shayateen. If every single individual and creation was to stand in a plane and ask Allah azza wa jal, and ask 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what they want. This person's asking for this, he's asking for that, she's asking for this. And Allah azza wa jal was to give every single person, every single creation, what they were to ask for. It would not decrease Allah azza wa jal what he has whatsoever. Except like a needle in an ocean. And he does, he can't even compare subhanallah. My brothers, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us that He is the rich. He is the one that is free of need. Ya nas, antum. O mankind, you. Antumul fuqara'u ilallah. You are the ones that are in need of Allah. In need of what? In need of every single thing. Wallahi, even the breath that we're taking right now, we are in need of Allah. Waking up in the morning, the breaths that we take in the day, the hundreds and thousands upon thousands, if not millions of beats that our heart beat every single day, we are in need of Allah Azza wa Jal. Antumul fuqara'u ilallah, wallahu huwa al hamid. And indeed Allah is the one that is free of need. So we are the ones, when we understand this, my brothers, that need to turn to Allah for our needs. Wallahi, it's very strange that when we understand this, you see some people turning to the creation. Very, very strange. To the extent you see some people saying, claiming that you're allowed to go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You're allowed to go to the sheikhs, my uh, 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 walis and the likes, to their graves, call onto them and other than them. For those who attend the seerah, we mentioned that Al-Qurtubi, he mentions in his tafsir that there was at the time of Jahiliyyah, not like some filthy individuals attribute this to Umar radiallahu anhu, and we spoke about that and explained that there was at the time of Jahiliyyah, those who used to or would worship a date, a date, and after they became tired of that worship, they would eat it. Yani, subhanallah. How, yani? Wallahi. It begs the question, how can that be? But how can it be that someone understands that Allah is our creator? Maker, sustainer, cherisher, provider. Allah is everything for us. Everything. And you go to a human being which is weak like you, in need like you, and you ask him for something only Allah can give you. You ask him for this protection and he's dead in the grave and he needs the protection. And we can speak about this day and night. This is why Allah Azza wa Jal in the Quran, he used all of this as evidence to prove to us logically as well how these should not be worshipped. How can they worship? Indeed, those who you call unto other than Allah, they are slaves like you. Only Allah is the self-sufficient. Everyone else, my brothers, is like you in the sense they rely on Allah. They need Allah Azza wa Jal. Wallahi, we can't even go to the toilet. We can't even go to the toilet without Allah Azza wa Jal's leave and permission. Even when it comes to our Prophet Isa alayhi salam, and we all know the status of Isa alayhi salam in Islam and his mom. Alayhi salam, what does Allah Azza wa Jal say about them? Indeed, that Isa ibn Maryam, he was not except a prophet. 
was not except a messenger. But many messengers have passed away before him. And his mother was honest, truthful. But then what does Allah say? Both of them, they used to eat the food. They need food to survive. They need drink to survive, water, fluids and the likes. As I said, my brothers, it is only Allah Azza wa Jal that does not need any of this. He is the self-sufficient. As Allah even tells us, my brothers, about a fly, like even a fly. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, Indeed, those who you call unto other than Allah, that they are not even able to, they can't even create a fly. You know, science and how much it's progressed till now, and you see what they're doing, and what they've done, and what they plan to do, but wallahi, what they can never do, ever, 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 is create such a small, small being, a creation of Allah Azza wa Jal, as a fly, they will never be able to do that. As Allah Azza wa Jal says, Wala Even if all of them gather together to do this, it is only Allah that can do something like this. Then Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Look how weak we are. Wallahi, look how in need we are. Us as human beings, us as a creation of Allah, look how weak we are as people. Allah says that if the fly was to take something from us, They can't even get it back. Imagine now, brothers, a fly was to take something. Picture a bird coming and taking something in your hand and flying off. Like you can't even get it back. Subhanallah. Allah Azza wa Jal, my brothers, Wallahi is the greatest. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala... He is the one that gives the slaves what they ask for, as we mentioned. Now, my brothers, as I don't want to go too long, I just want to mention just one quick thing. Wallahi, a beautiful hadith that I was contemplating over today when I was sitting there thinking, brainstorming. I just wanted to mention how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. In the Qur'an, my brothers, when the name Al-Ghani comes 18 times in the Qur'an, 18 times. At times when Allah Azza wa Jal mentions, he pairs it with certain other names. So for example, he says, Allah Azza wa Jal is the self-sufficient, the most rich, however you'd like to translate it. And then he says, the all-merciful. And Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, the most rich, the most generous. Because not everyone who is rich is generous. How many people do we know? Maybe they got money. They got property. They have all of these things, but when it comes to giving, they don't give. But Allah Azza wa Jal being the most merciful, being the most generous, He has, He has, He has, and He gives and gives and gives. And Allah Azza wa Jal never ever tires of giving. When you know that Allah is the most wise, the most knowledgeable, the most generous, when you contemplate upon these names of Allah Azza wa Jal, you realize how great Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. And all of this, and he continues to give us everything we ask for and everything we don't ask for. This is why we should be content with what Allah gives us. Wallah, when you understand, as I said, Allah is the most wise. And he knows what to give his slaves. When to give his slaves. How to give his slaves. Whether he gives them now or later. The dunya or the akhirah. 
whether he does not give them at all what they're asking for because he knows what's best for them. That's why we say, as the ulama have said, when Allah Azza wa Jal does not give you what you asked for, that in and of itself is an answer. That in and of itself is an answer. Subhanallah. So this last narration I wanted to mention, brothers, was a beautiful narration showing us how Allah Azza wa Jal, how he pairs these names. The narration is of the man, the last man to enter Jannah. And I have a talk, I've already done it. You can go back to YouTube in the length here. Uh, talk I gave it here at Belmont. The last man to enter Jannah, the angels, as the hadith mentions, will take out certain people and batches from the hellfire. Now this man, after he exits the hellfire, his face will still be towards it, facing it. So he says, Ya Allah, O Allah, the steam, the steam has burnt me. Turn my face away from the fire. So look at Allah Azza wa Jal. He turns his face from the fire. But he asks him, if I do that for you, before he did that, are you going to ask me for anything else? So the man, he said, no. Then he starts saying, I make an oath, covenant, one, two, three. Say, you can go back to the talk, inshallah, to explain more. The point is, Ya Allah, I won't ask for anything else. Just give me this. So Allah Azza wa Jal, he grants him that which he asked for. So now Allah Azza wa Jal turned him, his face from the fire, to Jannah. So this man can see Jannah, the gates of paradise. So he says, Ya Allah, Ya Allah, allow me to get closer to the gates of Jannah. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, Did you not tell me? Did you not make a promise, a covenant? You were not going to ask for anything else. Will you ask for anything else if I do this for you? If I give this to you? Look at Allah Azza wa Jal, subhanallah. So then the man said, no, Ya Allah, I will not ask for anything else. Just get me closer to the gates of Jannah. And he starts making oaths, promises, covenants. We're weak, my brothers, we're weak human beings. So Allah Azza wa Jal gets him closer to the gates of paradise. So now, as the hadith mentions, the man can see the luxuries, the man can see the charms. He's not in there, he's at the gate. He can see, subhanallah, the beauty of paradise. So the hadith mentions he remains silent for as long as Allah wills. Then guess what he says next, my brothers? Ya Allah, allow me to enter paradise. After saying, I will not ask you for anything, anything. Ya Allah, allow me to enter paradise. So then Allah Azza wa Jal says, how wretched are you, O son of Adam? Subhanallah, all these promises, these covenants, these oaths you made. Now you want to enter Jannah after you told me. Yani that you won't ask for anything. So the man will say, Ya Allah, do not make me from the most wretched of creation today. Allow me to enter paradise. And the hadith mentions that Allah Azza wa Jal will laugh. And we know that Allah Azza wa Jal laughs in a way which befits his majesty. So subhanallah, Allah Azza wa Jal will allow him to enter paradise. But I just wanted to remind you, and I'll end with this, brothers. The main reason I even mentioned this story was for this last part of the hadith. When Allah Azza wa Jal allows this man to enter Jannah, He will tell him, Tamanna, wish for whatever you want. Anything you want, wish for it. Well, I got a message, I think it was in the morning or last night, yani. I answered it in the morning though. And it was about pretty much from a sister saying, uh, can 
pretty much يعني, I stopped my husband from getting another wife in Jannah. <laughs> and I said, I replied by saying, you will get whatever you like in Jannah. Whatever you want in Jannah, you will get. But you getting, what, you wanting something now and wanting it in Jannah, that's another topic. How do we know we'll get whatever we want? This is what Allah tells us. This is what Allah tells us and they will have whatever they desire. If you want that in Jannah, you're going to get it in Jannah. But the different topic is, are you going to want that in Jannah? Of course not, because we know Allah will allow the man to have more than one yani wife. The point is anyway, Allah will tell the man, tamanna, wish for whatever you want, desire whatever you want. So the man, the hadith mentions, will start, he'll wish and he'll wish and he'll wish, hatta idhan qata'at umniyatuh, it's done. He's asked for everything, my brothers, everything he wants, he asked. For and Allah gave him. Look how great Allah Azza wa Jal is. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, as the hadith mentions, will start telling him, reminding him, ask for this, tamanna kada wa kada. Ask for this, ask for this, ask for that. Yani the man, the being, the, the human, he asked, he couldn't even ask anymore. He couldn't think of anything else. He, he khalas, I, I got everything I want. But then Allah Azza wa Jal, the most great. The Supreme, he will start to remind this slave, ask for this, ask for that, ask for this. Subhanal Khaliq, yani how great is Allah Azza wa Jal, my brothers. My brothers, wallahi, yani the topic, as we say every single uh, every single panel that we're on and, and lesson that we give, we all say that really the topics they need, <laughs> not even an hour or two, wallahi, my brothers, when it comes, as you all know, to the names of Allah, it needs a series, a series that will go on for years upon years upon years. Subhanal Khaliq. But insha'Allah ta'ala, that was just a quick yani, uh, taster, if you'd like to say, or preview of the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Ghani. And now we'll pass it over to Al-Sheikh Farhan, insha'Allah ta'ala. Barakallahu feekum, wallahu a'la wa a'lam, wa sallillahum wa sallim, wa barik ala Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wa lahamma ba'd And I just want you to all know I rocked up here to see the other two so I came here to see Shaykh Jamil and I came here to see Shaykh Khalid May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless them and barakah in their lives And يعني, this position that I'm in is called the filler position يعني, I give you guys a break from the good stuff and then G you up for the second, but I'm not going to do that. Yani Sheikh Jamil needs no G up. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive me. But today, my segment, I want to give you something that insha'Allah, you can apply it to any name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So how that happens is that we go through the principles that we are to look at the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with. But first the question comes to the mind, why do we need to study the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What's the point? Why is this constant thing that we have to go over the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? And the question comes back to the essential basics of Islam. Of that we want to be part of those who have iman, belief, faith in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know from the bare minimums 
is that you have to have faith in a few things to be considered a believer, to be considered a mu'min. So, what is the first pillar of faith? That's actually a question. Al-Imanu bi? Billah. The belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And from this belief of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what? The belief in His names and attributes. So you cannot claim to be a believer except that you have some sort of faith in the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is يعني, a bare minimum that you have to do. So that is why there's this constant focus on the names and the attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, something that we have to understand is that when dealing with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there are certain etiquettes that need to be maintained. There are certain adab that we need to have when dealing with the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the first adab, the first etiquette that we need to have, which is also يعني, a principle, is that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are tawqifiyah. What that means, generally speaking, is that we are bound by the Qur'an and the Sunnah in what we say about these names and what we say are names to begin with. So we are not allowed to use our minds to make names regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are bound by what? The Qur'an, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us in His word, in the Qur'an, and that which the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has told us in his sunnah, these are the names which they have said, that is all that we can claim are names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his characteristics. يُوقَفُ فِيهَا عِنْدَ الْحَدِّ يعني That you stop at the point where its limit is. And the limit of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that which has been established through dalil through evidences in the Qur'an and the Sunnah. To only call Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by that which he has called himself and that which Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has called Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The second principle is that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are a'lamun wa awsaf. They are both names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have meanings which describe what the qualities and the characteristics of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They are names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they have meanings which are what? The description of the qualities of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His being. Now, why this is يعني, important is because there are others who claim that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are jamidah. They have no meaning. And we know that this goes against the aqidah of Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah. Now, this يعني, also goes against the intellect if someone is looking at the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the context that they come in. Okay, so what name am I going to cover today? Getting to the actual nitty-gritty of what we all came for. So, يعني, I looked in the Quran for some inspo, inspiration. Shortening it because I'm يعني, from that age. Uh, we're all trying to be young, Sheikh. That's what we're trying to do, right? I looked يعني, in the Quran for some inspiration and then we found, يعني, I found an order of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding a specific name. A command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding 
a specific name of his. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah Hijr verse 49, Nabbi'ibadi anni ana al-ghafoorur rahim. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Tell my slaves, inform them that indeed I am al-ghafoor. I am the one who continuously forgives. I am the one who always accepts the tawbah, the repentance of the one who comes. And I am al-Rahim, the one who is what? The most merciful to his slaves in this world and the next. So, subhanallah, a command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala regarding this specific name that we are supposed to tell the believers the slaves of Ar-Rahman, the slaves of Allah, regarding this quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this name of Allah, that He is what? Al-Ghafoor Ar-Rahim. Now, when we look closely, what did we first do? What was the first principle? To establish that this was a name, we looked in the Quran, right? And we took this verse, so we established that this is a name through what? The Quran, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said. And we found it to be a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now the second principle was that they are a'lamun wa awsaf, that they are names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we acknowledge that this is a name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then we say, it is also a description of the quality of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that he is al-ghafoor, which means that it has a specific meaning, which means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that is going to constantly accept your tawbah He is going to constantly accept Your repentance And he will constantly forgive Now What do the scholars mention Regarding Al-Ghafoor That Al-Ghafoor Is the one who always forgives And he is the one Who constantly forgives And he accepts The repentance of his slaves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says In Surah Zumar verse 53 قُلْ يَا عِبَادِيَ الَّذِينَ أَسْرَفُوا عَلَىٰ أَنفُسِهِمْ لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَغْفِرُ الذُّنُوبَ جَمِيعًا إِنَّهُ هُوَ الْغَفُورُ الرَّحِيمُ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Say, O my slaves who have transgressed against themselves, how through sin, لَا تَقْنَطُوا مِنْ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ do not despair in the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all sin. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghafoor al-rahim. The one who constantly forgives and the one who is the most merciful to the believers in this world and the next. Subhanallah, again, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions this beautiful name in a very specific context. Tell my slaves. Tell my slaves What? That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what going to do? Is going to forgive you Is going to forgive what? Anything that you do But you have to come with tawbah You have to come with the repentance Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives all things The minor, the major Even shirk Even Associating partners with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala In this world if you come with what? Tawbah You come with forgiveness And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Forgives jami'an Every single sin Whatever it is Regardless of what it is 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghafoor. Now, the last principle that I want to go over is that now we have a name and we have to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about his names. And what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes his names as is something beautiful. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَلِلَّهِ الْأَسْمَاءُ الْحُسْنَى فَادْعُوهُ بِهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says that indeed the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are perfect. So call on to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through them. Now, subhanallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this wasf of his names being perfect four times in the Qur'an. Four times in the Qur'an. Emphasizing that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are perfect. There is no name that anyone can give unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is more beautiful and more perfect than what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described himself. Now, Al-Ghafoor, my brothers and sisters, it comes from the word Ghafara. It comes from the Arabic linguistic word which means that which covers and that which is hidden, that which hides. So the one who hides something and the one who conceals something, then this word is used for him. So not only does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you your sins, He hides them for you. He conceals them for you. He doesn't expose you at the moment that you sin. Because if it was like that, then we'd all be done for. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for His forgiveness, Ya Rabb. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghafoor. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives your sins and He conceals and hides your sins. So that what? You remain to have this image at least in front of the people. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He knows your يعني, true essence. However, He does not want to expose you. Unless you continuously transgress and you breach the limits of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then you're going to get found out. We know this in the story that is narrated that Umar radiallahu anhu, he caught someone who was stealing. And then he said, you have to now go through the had. We're going to cut your hand off. And so he says, Amir al-Mu'mineen, it's the first time I've done this. It's the first time I've done this. And then Umar radiallahu anhu says, Kadabta, you have lied. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never exposes someone if it's their first time. Subhanallah. This is from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, subhanallah. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He forgives you. He conceals your sin. He hides it away. And then He does something else. Subhanallah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says in Surah Furqan, إِلَّا مَنْ تَابَ وَآمَنَ وَعَمِلَ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا فَأُولَٰئِكَ يُبَدِّلُ اللَّهُ سَيِّئَاتِهِمْ حَسَنَاتٍ وَكَانَ اللَّهُ غَفُورًا رَحِيمًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, except those who seek repentance and have faith and do good actions, indeed, they are the ones who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns their evil deeds into good deeds and how does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala end this verse as well and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is ghafoor and rahim again a mention of what that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgives everything whatever you do but you have to come with these things you have to seek repentance and do good 
and believe and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will turn your evil deeds into good and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just ghafoor he's rahim he's merciful to the believers the most merciful in this world and the next yani there's nothing more than this and subhanallah yani my brothers the, the, the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are so beautiful right they're so perfect that when combined together they increase in perfection they increase in perfection now when the name is mentioned al ghafur generally speaking the name that is mixed yani comes after it not mixed afwan the one the name that is usually coming after it is rahim merciful to the believers now subhanallah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is forgiving you and he does this why out of his mercy he forgives you out of his mercy had Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted anything he could have done it if he wanted to take you to account for that which you do he could have done it but because of his mercy to you he forgives you your sin Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of anything as we just heard from Sheikh Khalid Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not benefit in any way, shape or form to him in any way. He doesn't need your worship. And when you sin and transgress against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not lose anything. He is al-ghani, the self-sufficient, the one who needs no one. So when you come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with tawbah, and he accepts your tawbah through what? His mercy for you. That's the only reason. His mercy is the only reason why you're forgiven. Subhanallah. Yani, what else do we need in a Lord that is merciful to us after we yani, go against and transgress against his laws? He says, this is allowed, this is not. You go and you run amok. That's what we do. And then, you know sometimes that what you're doing is wrong. But you still do it because يعني, your desires are too strong. You, يعني, you're weak in face of your desires. And we, this is the condition of man. However, when you realize that you've, خلاص, it's done. And you realize what you have done. And you come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in tawbah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepts this from you. This shows the peak of what? The mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That this is your Lord. That your Lord is one who forgives and is merciful to you. Now, before I pass it on to يعني, our actual sheikh, our senior, something that I want you all to know is before I started da'wah, he was the one who was on the table. And he was like pulling me into the da'wah. And he was saying, you got to do one, two, and three. And يعني, you have to watch out for this. يعني, Insha'Allah, the da'wah that I have is on his scales. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and preserve him. When I graduated, he was probably one of the first people to يعني, try to get me onto the da'wah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increase him in this world and the next. But before I pass it on to the shaykh, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect him and his family. Now, there are some people who can run a mark, right? They hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-ghafoor. How amazing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Rahim. How amazing. He forgives, he's merciful, 
خلاص I don't need to do anything I'm, so, I'm sorted I can run a mark on everything Because I can just come back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And He's al-ghafoor al-rahim In the same verse In the verse that follows The first verse that we read Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Told us That tell my slaves That I am al-ghafoor al-rahim He follows it up Right after it With probably as an important message to The believers and the slaves of Allah Because what comes after it is a wow Right? Which means that which comes now Is linked to what comes before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala He says Inform my slaves That I am al-ghafoor al-rahim وَأَنَّ عَذَابِي هُوَ الْعَذَابُ الْأَلِيمِ And the verse that comes after is what? And that my punishment is the painful punishment. So what you were to understand from this is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not to be taken on for granted. Where you can do whatever you want. And that as long as you come back this is the mentality. I'm going to do my sin and then I'm going to go back. No, it doesn't work like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is also warning you of his punishment. That there is a punishment too. Yes, he's al-ghafoor al-rahim. But he also has al-adhab. He has the punishment that is what? Painful. And who are going to get the punishment? Because over here it's connected. Tell my slaves. It's for the believers too. My servants. So yes, you will be punished if you run amok. This punishment, this is this reminder is there for all of us. That yes, Allah is Ghafur Rahim. He does forgive. But the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is painful. So my brothers and sisters, please listen to the Shaykh yani as he's coming up. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his forgiveness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to pour over us his rahmah. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit from, allow us to benefit from that which we have listened to. Barakallahu feekum. Wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Wa jazakumullahu khayran. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Today is not only a special day that the brothers and the sisters are meeting for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that in itself should be a reason for us to celebrate. And the celebration uh, of a Muslim is through uh, the thanking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Being in the company of uh, my two brothers, uh, the mashayikh that came before me, uh, it is a sign that alhamdulillah the da'wah in Australia is strong. The da'wah in Australia will continue. And that the methodology of Ahl sunnah wal jama'ah, insha'Allah, is only going to be stronger through the likes of yourselves the brothers and the sisters that are coming, taking time to sit before the mashayikh to learn what is bringing them only closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala what is elevating their status what is strengthening the ummah and this in itself is a reason for us to celebrate but as we heard the mashayikh talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the topic that I've chosen is the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, al-Jabbar. And with everything that is happening in the world, 
I feel that there is no better name to live, to feel, to know the meaning of, to bring solace to the community with. The Ummah of Muhammad وسلم, is going through very difficult times. What is the worst is what has been happening for a few hundred years. And that is not the sunan of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, the, in his creation, meaning the earth or the skies from the floods or the earthquakes. But the biggest test that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has been given us for centuries is the test upon our aqidah, the aqidah of Ahlul Sunnah. And he takes special individuals in our community to hold firm upon the aqidah. And with whatever fitna comes their way, they continue to strive and to struggle to push back the fitna that individuals are pushing onto our children, onto our wives, our families, our mothers and our fathers and our children. The aqidah, the creed of innovation, the creed of misguidance. And so yes, we can discuss the fitna that we see of physical destruction, what has happened in Turkey and Syria, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have mercy upon them, the ones that have passed, and may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heal those that were wounded, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring to him closer those that have survived. For a test like that, if it does not bring you close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then what kind of test will? Al-Jabbar. The name in itself is a powerful name when you say it. The Arabic language is amazing. And as soon as you say the word Al-Jabbar, you understand that we're talking about something great. Talking about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one that is the compeller, as translated in the English language. The one that compels every single one of his creation. Whether that creation is humankind or jinn, whether that creation is a mountain or the earth, whether it is the moon or the stars, he compels every one of his creation. And that in itself, not only does it bring fear to the hearts of those who understand and contemplate the name, but it also brings fear upon those have transgressed for if the warning of the Quran was not enough and the warning of the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not enough then it only takes a few seconds for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to shake the earth for the people to understand the might and the glory of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes a thunderstorm few hours of rain to see this whole world that we know of drowning people in search of safety our brothers in Turkey and Syria were looking for just some of the light of the the actual sky to see some kind of safety and security when they are sitting under the rubble Al-Jabbar is the one that compels all of his creation but also, Al-Jabbar is the one that brings solace 
He's the one that mends, that heals. We need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not only to give victory to the believers through His might and His power to shake the ground and the hearts of those who have transgressed to allow the kings to know that there is a king of kings to those who think that they own the world they need to understand that Allah is the creator of this universe. Yes, we need that. We need that to know for every single one of us that have been transgressed. For every brother and sister that has been transgressed. For every sister that has been beaten. For every brother that has been wronged. For every sheikh that has been imprisoned. For every believer that has been castrated. For every Muslim that has been wronged, we need to know and believe that Al-Jabbar will heal. He will mend the situation. Whether that means destroying these arrogant individuals, whether that means giving might and power to the Muslim community, whether that means allowing an individual to stand up in our community, to claim leadership, to allow us to move behind them. Whether that means giving every single one of us wealth, when we had poverty, health, when we were sick, a child, when we were barren, we need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. See, the Jabbar is not about only breaking the backs of the arrogant. It's mending the hurt of his slaves. Isn't it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that gave solace to Ibrahim? He called upon his father day in and day out. Ya Bati, Ya Bati. A heart full of iman, faith. Wanting only good for his parents and his family and his community. And the response, if you are not silent, I will throw stones at you. And I will throw you out of the community. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him sons. And when those sons gave him the ability to rebuild the Kaaba, and that son gave a son, and that son gave a son, and that son gave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Muhammad sallallahu is from the prodigy of uh, Ismail and Ibrahim. Isn't it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when Yusuf was thrown into the world where he had no one but Allah, then taken and sold, then abused, then lifted up, then accused and imprisoned, then released and given power, and then finally reunited with his, with his family. Isn't the solace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When Ayyub was stricken with illness for many years, everyone around him left him. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave back to him his family and his well-being. 
Wasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that gave Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam solace? He was pushed out of Mecca. And then he returned with an army. And he opened Mecca. Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give solace to Bilal? Persecuted in the desert. Faith in his heart. Tawheed on his tongue. And then he became the Mu'addin of Islam. Didn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give them solace? Every single one of you. You have all gone through fitna. Whether in your family, your health, the community, tested. Hasn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala given you solace? Yes. He's Al-Jabbar. The one that does break the backs of the enemies of Islam and the tyrants and the arrogant. But he's also Al-Jabbar, the mighty. He's also Al-Jabbar, the one that mends the hearts. The names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are not meant for us to only memorize and to sit and to talk and discuss them. We need to live by them. And that is why when the Shaykh was mentioning that the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala are linked directly to your faith, to your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And when something is so important that it is linked to your faith, to your creed, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear we need to understand that every name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala directly, directly teaches us about the that of Allah, the essence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when we're talking about Ar-Rahman, we're talking about Allah the Rahman. We've given him this characteristic because he told us in the Qur'an, and in the sunnah of Muhammad وسلم, that he's Ar-Rahman. That word Ar-Rahman indicates to us that Allah, his characteristic is Ar-Rahman. It needs to be clear. Why would Allah use Ar-Rahman and he means something else? Why would Allah describe himself as something and then mean something else? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to clarify his deen to us, and so when we're learning the names and attributes of Allah, as Muslims we need to understand, of those of Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, we need to understand that these names are what builds our aqeedah, our creed in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We all want to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way we should. And then we hear the whispers of the shayateen telling you that Allah is not what he mentions in the Qur'an. Or this is different to what Allah mentions in the Qur'an. We say to them, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the Qur'an upon the Arabs, upon the Sahaba of Muhammad And they brought it to us as is. They understood it as is. So when we say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, He's Ar-Rahman. And when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says He's Al-Jabbar, He's Al-Jabbar. And the reason why I'm saying this because this name, Al-Jabbar, is mentioned in a hadith narrated by Imam Muslim in Bukhari, 
where some of the people will want to come to you and say, but we need to explain it to you in a different manner. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Yawmul Qiyamah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will gather the skies. In one narration, gather the skies and the earth. In one hand, in another narration, biyamini, in his right hand. And the reason why I said right hand, because in the same narration, he said, bishimali. This is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The most eloquent of Arab speakers. The one that brought us the interpretation through his action of the Qur'an. The words of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he will grab the earth and he will grab the skies. And he will say, where are the arrogant? Where are the kings? This narration, when it mentions the word here, arrogant, it uses the name Jababira. Those who have arrogance and transgression. Where are they? Where are the kings? The narration why I'm saying this, because the ulama of Islam, when they tell you about the name of Al-Jabbar, they bring this narration to prove to you the linguistic meaning of Jabbar. But the ulama also mentioned that in this hadith is giving you another attribute of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, characteristic of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that if you're going to use this narration to prove to me the linguistic meaning of a word, but you then leave out the name or the words, uh, this is a problem in Islam. You cannot pick and choose. The aqidah of Islam, the aqidah of every single one of you is dear. And it was given to us through Muhammad sallallahu teachings and the Quran. And so for every single one of us that are researching and reading the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is not enough to read the name, its definition, and then the English translation. And this is suffice for me, but rather I have to believe in it. I have to believe in it. The name as it is. As it is. And I know that that name is perfect. And I know that that name was chosen by Allah and His Messenger, thrown, given to us, as a Sheikh mentioned, that the tawqifi, I'm not allowed to bring it from myself. For every name that is mentioned of Allah came in the Sunnah or in the Quran. So I must believe in it as is, without making any kind of ta'wil, changing the definition of it to suit my definitions. For the same reason, I say to you that al-jabbar in linguistic terminology, it means al-ulu, uh, something that is tall, something that is high, something that is unreachable. The ulama of linguistics say that the nakhla, the palm tree, is jabbar. That means it is unreachable. The fruits of it, unreachable. It is high. And to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the best of examples. So he is uh, the most high. So when we're researching the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we need to understand 
that is linked to us and our belief. So yes, take the lessons of the Mashayikh because they gave you keys to understanding your creed and understand that this creed you will be fought against because the battle between truth and falsehood will forever continue. But it is only when we begin with the basics as the Sheikh mentioned, the beginning levels, and that is knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His names and through His attributes that we strengthen that belief. But also at the same time, we need to utilize these names in our day-to-day life. As Ibn al-Qayyim, he said, the benefit of learning the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is implementing the meanings in our day-to-day life. So when we see that the ulama mention that one of the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Ar-Rahman, Ar-Rahim, the one that has mercy. So you need to have mercy. How could you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being the most merciful and you show no mercy to your children or to your spouse or to animals or to the environment or to those who are near or those who are far, even those that differ with you? Where is the mercy? When you see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-jabbar, the one that mends the pain of the believers, then where are you? Where are you from visiting those in the hospitals or those who are sick? Where are you from those that are wiping the head of an orphan as Muhammad instructed to us? Or speaking to the children when they are saddened? Or consoling a loved one when a loved one has passed? Understanding the name Al-Jabbar is not just about knowing the meaning Concerning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But rather, how do you implement that meaning in your day-to-day life? And that is why in Islam, it's not allowed for you to aid a zalim. The one that transgresses. It is haram. You're not allowed. It's not an option in Islam. You can't be of a system that is aiding an oppressor. You can't be of a system that is aiding an oppressor because you are going directly opposite to the name Al-Jabbar. It is as if you are saying that the Jabbar, the one that claims to be overpowerful in this world, the king in this world, the arrogant in this world, the transgressor in this world, I'm going to support them. And the true Jabbar, uh, I've left for the, for the Akhirah. And that is why when we know the story of Imam Ahmed ibn Hanbal in the prison, when the prison guard said to him, I heard you say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has cursed those who transgress and the transgressors. Do you see me of the transgressors? The ones that are aiding the transgressors. The ones that aid the transgressors, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has warned of a severe punishment in hellfire. He said, Oh Imam, do you see me as an aid? Am I supporting the transgressor? He said, No. You are a transgressor. The aid of a transgressor is the one that mends his clothes. The one that mends his clothes. Allahu Akbar. How many of us are transgressors and how many of us are aids of the transgressors but we don't know about it. Learning the names of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not just about memorizing them. 
When we're learning the name Al-Jabbar, that means I have to be with Al-Jabbar, not with Jababirat al-Dunya. I have to rectify the affairs of the believers, not be the one that is destroying their lives. And that is why if you notice in Islam, anything you do, anything that you do, that helps a believer, you'll promise Jannah. Even, even indicating good to them. Prophet ﷺ said, anyone who indicates something good or helps a person by even the speech. Adalu. Adal doesn't mean you actually did anything. You only told people of good. Adalu ala khayri kafa'ili. Indicate or showing someone that is something of good, it is as if you get the same reward. What about the person that actually walks with them and helps them? Muhammad Sallallahu said that it is more beloved to me to walk with my brother, walk with the Muslim, until he finishes his task that he's wanting to do. It is better and more beloved to me than having i'tikaf uh, in his masjid for a month. How much acts of worship does Muhammad Sallallahu do in i'tikaf? And in his masjid in Medina? And for a month. But he's saying it's more beloved to him. And anything beloved to Muhammad Sallallahu that means it is better. To walk in the khidmah. To help my brother. So we notice everything that you do as a Muslim. To ease the stress, the pain, the anguish. To support, to make life easier for a believer. You promised Jannah. But everything that you do. To make something difficult for a Muslim. Whether you are taking from them a right that is not yours. You're taking it from them and you're giving it to yourself. Whether that is money. Whether that is something else that you've taken away. Whether you belie them. Whether you cheat. Whether you talk about them. You talk about their honor. Anything you do to a believer. That is not helping them. Aiding them. Supporting them. Or even worse. Making their life even more miserable. Then your promise is the punishment of the hellfire. Why? Why is that the case? If you read through all the ahadith, you will notice this. Why? Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-jabbar. He is the one that breaks the backs of those who try to hurt the believers. And he's al-jabbar, the one that tries to hit, to hit, the one that aids the believers, the one that gives them solace, comfort. And so every time you are about to do something, think about, am I now making things easier for my brother? Even the simplest of things. Wallahi, I've seen mashayikh, ulama. Ulama. They would be walking towards the door in the masjid. And they will grab the shoes of an elderly person and put it facing towards the door so the elderly person doesn't have to turn around. To turn around only. The ulama, when they think about Islam, they're thinking about it holistically. Everything they do has dalil. There is a reason. So now you as a trader, 
you as an accountant, you as a builder, you as a teacher, everything that you do that could support a believer in haq, in truth, to make their life easier, and you will be rewarded. And you've taken this name Al-Jabbar and implemented it in your day-to-day life. You've taken the name Al-Jabbar and implemented it in the day-to-day life. When you see a brother or a sister, for the sisters that are sitting there, if you see a sister and she looks like she's upset, placing her hand on her shoulder and saying, Sister, what's wrong? Could be the difference between her continuing on that day or feeling that sadness and sorrow for a long time. Maybe all she needs to hear is a dua from you. Isn't that bringing solace to her? Isn't that what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants of us? Does that take much of the time? It doesn't. You hear a brother, he's having a difficult time financially. And you go, you've got no money, but you sit with him and you say, brother, whatever it takes, we will be with it. Inshallah, we're together. And that is why in Islam, when we visit the sick, it's so important. Because you're implementing the name day-to-day life. When you're visiting everyone else, your family, you're giving them that strength within one another. This is Al-Jabbar. So when we think of the name, don't only think of that powerful name that it is, but also think of the mercy that it brings. And yes, at a time that we are living in, you make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Al-Jabbar, that he does relieve the anguish and the pain of every believer. And that he brings solace to every single one of us and every single believer around the world. And yes, Al-Jabbar is the one that we ask that he takes the right of those who have been wronged and elevates the status of those who have been downtrodden. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, inshallah, bless every single one of you. I apologize. The talks like this are usually uh, more, uh, you know, uh, I think accommodating if all the brothers were here. But subhanallah, uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless our beloved mashayikh. And I leave you with one word. You are all the bear holders of, or the, the beacons of light, the lamps of goodness of Australia. Do not underestimate you coming to the masjid for a lesson or for the salah. Do not underestimate the gathering like this. It is through gatherings like this that every single one of you becomes stronger. The brotherhood becomes stronger. The sisterhood for the sisters becomes stronger. We are coming to times that you are going to be in need of one another even more so than today. The battle between truth and falsehood is continuing. They're attacking our morals, they're attacking our children, they're attacking our wives, they're attacking our families. If we are not together, then we will break. Then we will break, not bend. We will break. But if we're together, and we push this fitna away, we can get by. In the same way that our predecessors went by through every single fitna of theirs, and push the deen to us today, we need to continue to push the deen for our children and our children's children in the future. It is your duty. It's not enough that the mashayikh and the du'at are standing here talking to you. You need to be here physically. 
The online thing is only for necessity. Please don't rely on Facebook. Don't rely on internet. Don't rely on getting your knowledge or seeking your deen from technology alone. That is only for necessity. And the ulama say necessity is only used uh, to its point. More than that is not allowed. If you couldn't make it today and you're watching online, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you. But the reason why you didn't come today because it's on Facebook, then there's a problem. If that was the only reason you did not get into your car and come to the masjid because the lesson is going to be broadcast on Facebook, then that's a problem. We need you. The mashayikh needs you. The ummah needs you. Your sisters and your brothers need you. To every sister sitting at home, to every brother sitting at home. We need to see you here. It is only when the brothers were in the masajid that the Islam came to us. So please, the du'at, and I can't speak too much because they're sitting right in front of me. But the du'at through the endless nights, sleepless nights, the revision, the seeking of knowledge, the sitting in the feet, on the feet or the, to the feet of the mashayikh and the ulama, their travels, they're away from family. For who? First and foremost for themselves, but they are doing what they're doing for you. We need you to be here. For the younger brothers, you need to pull up. Allah, this world is nothing. This world is nothing. And we need to understand that these are our role models. And I won't get into the politics of sports, but these are our role models. See, these mashayikh are the ones that we need to be next to. That we need to respect. That we need to know about. To follow them from place to place. If we only traveled and paid for tickets and put effort the same way we do for other things with the deception of shaitan because they're Muslim. If we did that for the mashayikh, masha'Allah, how many du'at would we have today? Some brothers are watching us online, they live in the vicinity of the masjid. Or a 10 minute drive, or a 5 minute drive. Some brothers will wait for an hour in a drive through So they can get a drink. We're saying come to the house of Allah and feed your soul. Every single brother here, this is the meeting point in the dunya. The meeting point in the Akhirah is where it matters. But if we don't meet here, it's going to be very difficult to meet there. If we don't meet here, it's very difficult to meet there. Because I need you. Because we all sin. The Mashayikh need you. Because we need you to support us. There's enough on our, enough on our plates than to have us thinking about where are our brothers 
to locate you and find you and go to you, wherever you may be. But rather make that little bit easier for the mashayikh. And say to the sheikh, I'm here. And now it's your duty and my right that you teach me. And this is a beautiful gathering and I only wish for it to continue. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless the mashayikh and the du'at. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward every single one of you, brothers and sisters. Because wallahi what you have done is a struggle and a jihad in itself. It's a struggle and a jihad in itself. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to reward you tenfold for what you have done. Jazakumullah khair. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.